Welcome to Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today's podcast is sponsored by our new software-defined radio training courses. Our free beginner's guide to software-defined radios should have you going and getting started with SDRs in an afternoon. Our step-by-step videos will take you through the process of what hardware to buy, how to install the drivers, tune your first frequencies, and at the end, monitor DMR followed by a Connect Plus DMR trunk system. The advanced class is a paid course, and we'll continue where the free course left off. We'll break down DSD plus Fastlane, Unitrunker 1 and 2, SDR trunk, weather satellite image receptions, SSTV, ADSB, and even on the Raspberry Pi and Linux, how to have OP25 set up as well. This advanced class will help you level up your SDR experience. Both courses are online at courses.scannerschool.com. Again, all session notes from today's podcast we found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 172. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Blurpy Benner, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Eddie K., Edward Bramblett, Evan Barak, Gary Fletcher, Guy Lee, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, Jim Heinrich, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Kroger, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Robert, Robert Kanzler, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. This podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur call sign is W2LIE. Now, if this is your first week joining us for class or your weekly listener, welcome back to this week's podcast. Today, I'm answering your questions, and many have submitted questions via our Ask page at www.scannerschool.com ask. Some have emailed your questions, and few have used our voicemail numbers to leave us a question. Now, for those of you who leave us a voicemail, we will put you in a running for a free tutoring session. And these tutoring sessions are an hour long, and we'll meet on Zoom or Skype, and it's like having me sit next to you, right, across the screen, and we can share and teach and learn everything else. So... Again, if you need help with 
your scanner radios. Go to scannerschool.com slash ask, and your question could be featured on an upcoming podcast. Now, don't forget, you can subscribe to us on YouTube by going to scannerschool.com slash YouTube, and also make sure you hit the bell so you know when we go live. And on top of all that, if you're an extra credit Patreon supporter, we'll be following the live Q&A sessions with our monthly roundtable chat. So if you're catching this after the release date, mark your calendars for the first Tuesday of next month, when again, we'll be answering your questions on the podcast and also on YouTube and Facebook. So let's jump right into our very first question, which came in from Bill Sawyer. Bill, go ahead with your question. Hello, I have a question for you. I'm looking at SDRs, find them fascinating, absolutely amazed at what you can do with them. But as I look at maybe trying to dedicate a tablet using an on-the-go type adapter or using an old laptop, I wondered if you could just clarify a little bit what you feel the minimum hardware requirements are for an SDR to work properly. I have an old Kindle 6, I think, laying around. On the other hand, I have a pretty modern, high-powered tablet that I use for work, but I'd kind of like to separate the two. Same thing with laptops. So just an idea of what kind of power you need would be a, a great help. Thank you. All right, Bill. All great questions. And something that I haven't had an opportunity really to play around with. So I did some digging. I did a, I did actually dive. <laughs> I got into this little rabbit hole pretty deep after, after looking at your question. So when I came out of everything, it's, it's a little difficult even still to find out exactly what hardware requirements may be, but I was able to kind of at least hopefully get you down the right path here. So SDR Touch is one of the pieces of software that's available for the Android OS, and it looks like it will work down to Android OS 5, which was released back in 2014. So when you think about it now, almost seven years later, right? Any hardware I think that is still usable would work fine for software-defined radios. I think more as the software matures and everything else, right? You know, it, it does require more hardware to be on there. But again, too, it's one of these questions that you ask because it depends what you're going to do with the with the software, right? It depends what you do with the hardware. For example, like on on OP25, that will run fine on a Raspberry Pi, right? And you got to look at the specifications too on a Raspberry Pi. So even though they don't really come out and say you need this or you need that, let's just look at what it we know it runs on, right? So the Pi 3B is a 1.2 gigahertz quad-core ARM processor with a gig of RAM. The Pi 4 has a 1.5 gigahertz quad-core, according to Wikipedia, has three times the performance of a Pi 3. And the Pi 4 is also available in two, four, and eight gig models. So... Saying that software will run on a Raspberry Pi or SDR Touch will run on an Android device running Android 5 kind of at least lets us know that the software at that or the hardware at that particular stage or point in time needed to be at that minimum in order for this software to run. And again, it depends what you can do with the software. So if we're looking at like your Raspberry Pi, if you're looking at doing something with, on there, you can do certain things that will use up less memory and less resources. Again, too, even like with a desktop or a laptop computer, if you're hurting in a Windows environment and you fall back to Linux, right, you may be able to recover some of the overhead when it comes to putting in an SDR. And again, 
sometimes even do turning off waterfall displays or putting things into economy mode or even running your SDR on another PC and then streaming the 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 data from that over to the computer that's going to actually be using the heart um you know doing all the magic that can just at least that by itself relieve some of the the, the pressure of that processor and and crunching all that data as well so if if you don't need to say take the USB stick with you and you want to leave that at home and then you want to leave spy server set up at home and then use your tablet to then log into your home PC or connect to the to the uh, SDR touch to your spy server then you don't really need to worry about what's going on and what 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 is being brought in over the SDR because your other computer is kind of handling at least some of that so there's a lot of different things we can do to 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 make things work better for us and to to use the hardware that we have our, our, at our resource and everything else. Like, again, I just built my own, a brand new computer here, and, and the goal on it was to make a powerhouse computer that would run multiple software-defined radios. I wanted to run SDR trunk, unit trunker, DSD+, as well as a couple other things such as ProScan and, and, and whatnot. And my goal was to have enough out of the gate that I wouldn't have to worry about it for a long time. So I bought, I, I built a a three point seven gigahertz processor computer with thirty two gig of RAM, two RAID arrays, one SSD, one HDD, and I really overbuilt the computer because I knew what I was going to get into. But I could have I could have built it a lot less, knowing that lower and smaller computers could have handled the work as well. So the point here is. You got to know what you want to do with SDRs before you can really figure out what the minimum requirement is going to be on the hardware. I think that if you're looking for like the Amazon Fire tablets, I, I don't really have too much experience with that. I know that they run a specialized operating system. It's still Android based, but it's a it's wrapped in in Amazon's operating flavor of that. It's a fork, I guess you could say. So I don't know if that will hold you back at all if you if you're gonna play on a Kindle uh, Fire tablet or something like that. But again, you know, you know, what I have, I have to I have to go on is my daughters who had a had the kids edition of that one. So that was even that much more held back than than it should have or could have been. So again, I haven't really seen anything that says you need this minimum to get by. But I would just say, you know, your money's gonna vary depending on what it is you're gonna do, how much load you're gonna put on it. And uh, I say just go for it. Just go for it. See if it works. See if it operates. And again, there might be some tweaks that you can flag that will tell to run in a little bit of a not-so-intensive instance of the application. All right? So, But that is something that is, that is really a very interesting question. And I may have to go out and find myself a cheap Android tablet that I can put SDR touch on because it does look like it's it's going to be pretty pretty neat to play around with. So hopefully I gave you a little bit of guidance on there. I know it didn't exactly answer your question, but again, I think you'll be all right with whatever, whatever you have to play around with. So best of luck to you on that one. Let us know how you make out. And uh, since you're the only question that came in with a um, with a voicemail this month, with this month <laughs> reach out to me. You automatically win the free consulting call for this month's podcast. So again, reach out to me, Phil, at scannerschool.com, and I'll send you all the information that you need in order to sign up and uh, get your free uh, tutoring call. All right. Thanks again for uh, asking your question, and uh, Bill, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Let's go on to our next question. Okay, Tom emailed and he says, do you deal with setting up OP25 on a Windows computer and SDR? Thanks. So, Tom, Windows and OP25, 
is is not going to happen. OP25 is a Linux-based program that works well for replacing basically your P25 scanner. You can use one or multiple SDR dongles and you would run the the Python script basically to to connect to the dongle and you tell OP25 what to do with it. And people have been making these Raspberry Pi boxes. Raspberry Pi is a sub $100 piece of unit. You throw P25 on it, you throw at least one RTL SDR style dongle at it and you've got yourself a nice digital radio something that again will work very well in a simulcast environment if that's not your speed and you don't want to play around with Raspberry Pi which again can be a little bit daunting for some people you're still going to need at least a flavor of Linux in order to play around with OP25 so what can you do to get around that well you can run Ubuntu, which is what I would recommend getting started with when it comes to a Linux environment, and uh, it's it's very it's it's very well polished. It's got a graphical user interface on it, and uh, they do have some radio applications already in the repository. But what's nice too about Ubuntu is the fact that it's easy to use. Is you can't really do too much damage with it. And how would you use it? Well, you can download the ISO or the application, the install uh, package. And there's a couple of ways you can run it. You can actually store it onto a USB stick, like a, a flash card. And you can boot your computer into the USB stick, and it would boot up into Ubuntu. And then from there, you can run OP25, right? And, and it would be just like running off of your computer, except it's, all, it's just living off of a USB drive. The other way you can do it is, and again, the good thing about this, though, if I back up a little bit, is that once you turn the computer off again, you pull out the USB stick, and you power it back on again, your computer had no, there's no trace of Ubuntu on your computer, right? It's completely isolated. The other way you can run it, which is what I was about to get into, is you can dual boot your computer. And what ends up happening is when you go to install Ubuntu, it'll ask you, do you want to dual boot into Windows? And you can click on yes. And I've, I've set my computer up like this many a times where you can pick and choose. Well, I want to boot into Windows today. I want to boot into Linux today. So what that basically does is um, it comes up with a boot, uh, a boot screen and you can set a timer on like a delay timer. Like if I don't answer this in five seconds, go to Windows. And then that's what happens. You know, the computer boots in Windows. But if you press, say, down arrow or enter, then it will boot into Linux. So that's all fine and dandy too. Now you've got two independent operating systems running on a computer, only one at a time. If the boot sector goes bad, you might have a little bit of a problem on there. I haven't really had any issues with that at all. It's been fairly easy for me to do, and I've played around with these types of installs plenty of times. The third way you can go around doing this is you can put a virtual machine on your Windows computer. VMware makes a, a free version. And also there's one that Microsoft actually recommends using as well, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's another free version. What that basically does is it creates a virtual PC inside of your PC. So you're still running Windows, but inside of Windows, you've got a virtual computer that you can install whatever you want. So if you wanted to launch another copy of Windows, you can, or you can run a copy of ubuntu on there the only issue with that is your windows pc is still your master pc so it does control all the hardware so again you got to make sure that ubuntu is allowed to use the uh usb ports now again i run something very similar on my mac where i can boot into windows via a virtual machine via parallel and if i plug into my usb port 
Parallels is going to ask me every time I plug in, do you want to make this available to the Mac operating system or the Windows operating system? And depending on my answer is where that port gets mapped to. And of course, the final way you can do it too is you get a cheap computer and you just load Ubuntu on there and it'll be off and running. But again, OP25, Linux only, it's definitely worth playing around with. And again, we're going to get into OP25 in our advanced SDR course. So if you want a really simple step-by-step process on how to do that, again, our advanced course, we'll go through that again, courses.scannerschool.com. So again, OP25, non-Windows, Linux only, Raspberry Pi. I recommend running Ubuntu if you want to go Linux. And uh, you can use any of the methods that I recommended just before in order to get into that operating system. And once you get started with Ubuntu, it's a slippery slope. You'll actually find it's very enjoyable, and there's plenty of things you could do on a Linux operating system. All right. Thanks again, Tom. And we got a couple more questions after this break. Did you know there are ways to help support the Scanner School podcast that doesn't take any time or any extra money on your part? If you go to scannerschool.com support, you will find we have several ways that you can continue to do your online shopping and help support us. We have links to Amazon. If you click on our link before you go to Amazon, anything you buy from there will help support Scanner School. Now, if you're in a market for a brand new scanner, an antenna, other accessories, we have links to Scanner Master, where you can not only purchase a scanner and accessories, but you can also get your radio programmed. And by clicking on our link before you buy, you are helping to support the podcast. Now, if you're in a market for software, we have links to Butel. And if you want something new to you, we also have links to eBay. Again, just go to scannerschool.com support before you make your purchases, and you are helping to support Scanner School at no additional cost to you. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Radio user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do toneouts. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 phase one and phase two in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR type one and type two. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware or even just make some changes and you don't understand how the system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. 
I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, our next question comes from Theron. Theron says, I live in St. John's County, Florida. My current scanner is a BC 125AT will not receive fire or police. What kind of scanner do I need? Do you have any suggestions for one that isn't too expensive? So the first thing I do is I jump onto radio reference. And I look at the St. John's County in Florida. And looking around, I can see right away that public safety is on the St. John's County public safety system, which is a P25 system. Looking through some other stuff here, you have county services. Basically, it's just county golf course, amphitheater, and council on aging. You've got a airport with two frequencies that are defined. You've got a college with a couple, Florida School for the Deaf, and the First Coast Technical College as well. Other than that, you've got a couple of schools in here as well, and that's it. So I know you're interested in looking for fire and police. So unfortunately, let's look at the uh, St. John's County public safety system. Again, this is a P25 system. You've got two sites. Neither one of them say simulcast, so that is very promising here. But what's not promising is the St. John's County Sheriff's offices. Those are all encrypted. So the north, the east, northwest, southeast, southwest dispatches, those are all encrypted talk groups as well as some other public safety. So you're going, you're not going to be able to receive any of that. St. John's County Fire Rescue Talk Groups, those are all non-encrypted. So primary, north, dispatch, south dispatch, the five tactical channels, special ops talk groups, the marine rescue, the training, the fire prevention, logistics, and trauma, those are all in the clear. You've also got basically air transport, unified command, special events, and some other services and stuff like that in there as well. So what are we looking at doing here? Well, like I said, too, we have a system here. I don't see the word simulcast in the name. So that's very promising to me, which means you don't have to worry about buying a scanner such as a SDS-100 or SDS-200. That's not to say that you couldn't buy one, but you don't have to go all that high. So on the entry level, I would say look at the BCD-325P2. This is Uniden's entry-level handheld P25 scanner. It's not their entry-level scanner, but it's the entry, the lowest level you can get on a P25-ready scanner. And this scanner will do Phase 1 and Phase 2. It will not work all that well at all in a simulcast world, but it is handheld. Now, its mobile and desktop brother is the 996P2. 
From there, if you're looking for something that's a little bit more pulling data out of the Ready Reference database, you look for the Home Patrol model, so the Home Patrol 2. The BCD-436HP and the BCD-536HP. Those are radios that do cost a little bit more money, but they tie right into radio reference. So in theory, you could take it out of the box, pop in your zip code, and it will be up and running for you. Though before you get to that point, it's better off that you do a radio reference update and that you do a firmware update and also that you basically may want to create your own favorites list. But again, just getting out of the box and get up and running, the Home Patrol radios, are they do a great job at doing that. And then finally, on the upper, upper end of everything, you've got the SDS 100 and 200. Again, if you had simulcast in here, I would recommend going with one of those, but it doesn't seem like you have simulcast in your area. Now, on the Whistler side of the house, you've got the TRX-1 and the TRX-2. Both are great radios. Again, do not work at all, from my findings, in the simulcast world. So they're great radios. They do have DMR and NXDN built into them. There's no third-party software. You've got to use the EasyScan software, but all the Udidin software is also interchangeable with like Butel software or ProScan software, so you can use those as well. Finally, as another option for you if you're interested in it is Unication makes a pager too that will work on this. And Unication's pager is something that I sell, so I'm not wearing my I'm going to sell you on this product type of answer, but I'm just putting it out there that you can, if you look for something that's smaller, something that's more commercial, you can look at Unication's pager. Now, looking at where you're looking as far as frequencies go, you're in the 800s, so you could get away with a G4 pager. That would get you the fire rescue services in St. John's County. Now, if you want a little bit more of it, you want a G5, that'll get you either VHF or UHF on top of that as well. And if you are interested in a pager, you can go to East coastpagers.com and that is my company and we sell unication products there as well so unfortunately you are looking at about a 350 dollars scanner just to get started with it and uh that bc125 at it is a nice little scanner it's just not going to cut it to listen to what you want to listen to but the 325 p2 looks almost identical to that radio so once you already have that one you're familiar with the way it looks and the feels in your hand that's um a radio that you could look at getting so with that sorry that it's not better news for you but definitely want to thank you again for asking your question okay our final question of the month comes in from wesley wesley says i have an sds 200 with screen flicker and the unit's only two months old i've read on forums that someone sent them back only to get them back again and it starts doing the same is this something i need to live with or will this get worse over time another thing that bugs me is that the database which they say updates every monday there are several P25 stations in my area that have been in service since February of this year, but they have not been updated in the Sentinel database. I guess I'm expecting too much from a $700 plus scanner. Maybe I'll be returning them if the flicker gets worse, a value or input. So it's, it's kind of a shame that you've got a screen flicker issue with your scanner, but I would definitely recommend at two months old, you got two options here. You can see if it's still under a warranty with where you bought it from, although I do think that most shops have a 30-day and not a you know a 60-day, but it would it would definitely be worthwhile to at least reach out and see. It stinks having to put a two-month-old product back through the warranty process, but that may be where you'd have to go with that. Again, too, if you do get it back from them and it starts up right away, I would definitely get on the phone and say, you know, what's your warranty? What's your guarantee on the warranty, right? 
How how long after I get back a repaired unit is it expected to work for? And if it doesn't work within that window, then what do we do about it? But again, there is a, a, a warranty on these products, right? I don't remember exactly off the top of my head what Unidin's warranty is. And I don't want to misspeak by saying it's a year or 90 days or 60 days or whatever it is, right? I just don't have the paperwork in front of me and I don't want to give the wrong answer on that one. So what I would just recommend is, look, it's, it's two months old, right? You've got a screenish flicker issue, which you know is a problem. I would definitely... Have it sent back to Unidin at least under a warranty repair. Should only cost you shipping to get it there. And again, if it does come back with the same problem, and I would definitely have your receipt with it that says, you know, it was just repaired X number of months ago. If it happens again, then yeah, I would certainly say, hey, what's going on here? I mean, look, it certainly is a bit of a shame you have to go through that. So uh, I do wish you luck on that one. And again, I would definitely, if it was me, I would definitely be uh, reaching out to that. And again, too, there's uh, on Radio Reference, look at the You Didn't Support form. You'll find out that you've got, got uh, Joe Paracat. Maybe reaching out to him, sending him a message and see if uh, if uh, he'll be able to look at it for you as well. All right. So again, thank you so much for asking your question. And I do wish you luck on your problem with your SDS 200. Okay, so again, I want to congratulate Bill Sawyer for winning, by default, <laughs> the, the free tutoring call this month. So again, Bill, reach out to me directly. You can reach me at phil at scannerschool.com. And again, you can download the show notes, the session notes from today's podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash session 172. Also, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast by going and hitting the subscribe button on your podcast player of choice or by signing up for our newsletter on our website at scannerschool.com or subscribing to us over on YouTube. And if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure you share the podcast with your friends and other groups and forums that you are in because our goal here at Scanner School is to teach as many people as we can about the Scanner Radio Hobby. We can only do that with your help. So by sharing our podcast, by our content is how you can help with spreading the word. Don't forget, we'll be tonight on YouTube and Facebook and probably even Periscope to go over uh, any more questions you may have. And with that, I'm going to say we'll see you all again next week, next Tuesday for another podcast. And again, I'm Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the Scanner Radio Hobby 73.